Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Wake Up London podcast. Thank you so much for your feedback and your comments since the first two episodes. And thank you, Yeva, for being the long conversation. We talked to Yeva about growing up in Lithuania and views of the current conflict in Ukraine. Given that conversation, we wanted to look into the Sangha to see if there was someone who had an association with Russia. And thank you so much for Sonia for the long conversation this time, talking about growing up in Russia and her views on the current situation. We have music from Monica Max West and Message to Bears, who you heard a little bit of at the beginning of the programme. We asked wake-uppers what nourishes their inner child. We have some community announcements and also some poetry of ties read by Charlie Shuttler. So to the first piece of music, this was Peace Sounds 2, Message to Bears. Thank you so much for them for agreeing that we could use their beautiful song, Wake Me. And if you have friends or are a musician yourself and would like to let us know of your music, then please do get in touch. We could feature it on the programme and also look to include it in future Peace Sounds projects.
Wake Me from Message to Bears. You can find out more about them, search them online, and more about the Peace Sounds albums by looking at peacesoundslabel.org. Now to the long conversation in this episode with Sonia. Sonia was so kind as to share some current feelings about the situation in Ukraine. We talk about childhood memories, about identity, and also about heart. Sonia, thank you so much for joining me. It's, um, it means a lot. And um, I wondered if we could start by, if you could just introduce yourself, say your name and when you first started coming to the Sangha and how that came about in your life. Sure. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Uh, so my name is Sonia. Um, I first came to the Sangha um, about three years ago through a friend. It was actually through somebody that went to Wake Up Boston. Um, and I really loved it. But I've been coming a lot more regularly recently. I've been going almost every week the last six months or so. And uh, yeah, I found I actually... Um, if I'm going through something difficult in my week, I think oh, it's okay. On Saturday, there's wake up, so it's okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, it really feels like a home for me. Um, to say a bit more about myself, so I was born in a country that doesn't exist anymore, the Soviet Union, um, and in Moscow, and. Most of my family still live in, in Russia. My parents came to the UK when I was nine. Um, and since then, I've, I've pretty much lived here, um, mm. lived in a couple of other places as well. But uh, my parents both now live abroad. So, yeah, I don't, I don't have any family in the UK. Was there any kind of... Um spiritual upbringing that you had at all just out of interest yeah so i am uh, christened in the russian orthodox church um i used to wear a cross around my neck when i was a child um my parents i would say were actually I think they were atheists when I was growing up, or they, they, they definitely didn't practice religion as far as I know. Uh, but one of my grandmothers is quite religious. Um, and I used to go to church with her. Um, and I used to say prayers. There's a, there's a Russian Orthodox prayer you say before you go to bed. And it's something like... Um, basically kind of asking God to keep you safe during the night. Um, but actually when I was getting into my teens, I suddenly thought, actually I find it kind of creepy. It's kind of like saying, I hope I don't die in the night. And I just, it was like, I used to say it like a superstition rather than as a nourishing thing. Um, and I just decided, actually, no, I'm not, I don't want to say this anymore. I don't actually like it. Um, and also, I think that, I mean, even the name of the religion, you know, Orthodox, it's got a kind of, I think, superiority, like a theme of superiority, meaning, you know, the true one, 
the right one, the best one. And that also didn't appeal to me. And then, yeah, I'd say in my 20s, I very much identified as a diehard atheist, very kind of, yeah, skeptical of anything that's not material, I guess. And did you, and you went to wake up Boston? No. So actually it was, um, the Boston person told another friend about it. And then that friend told me and said, you might like this. I think because I was a bit, bit lost at a certain phase in my life and sort of felt very tired without really doing much. Um, so I went, yeah, and I really liked it. But I was nervous as well. The first time I went, I was I was nervous and uh, felt a bit self-conscious, I guess. Mm-hmm. What's um? You mentioned there before that if you've got if you're going through something, this is an experience that I mean certainly true for me as well. It's a place I want to go to if I'm going through something. I love everyone there. I feel like a real affinity to people there. I feel I've something I um, I've noticed actually is uh, spending a few hours at wake up. I feel a lot more connection to the people there than sometimes chatting to a friend for the same amount of time. And it's that surprises me because. You, we know we don't say that much during the sangha session you know we, we speak very little and we don't really converse exactly um and yet yeah i feel a connection to the people there yeah yeah sure had you, had you meditated before yeah i had done i had done some meditation uh, before and i'm at the moment, I'm meditating every day. Actually, um, do you know uh, Mathieu Ricard? I do, yeah. Yeah, yes. Dalai Lama is a tandem, yeah. So I, I use his compassion meditation. Um, the one that talks about our compassion is like a snowflake that falls into the lake that will remain as long as the lake remains. Ah, oh, beautiful. That's the last line. Yeah, it's interesting what people are reaching out for at the moment because of everything that's, that's going on. and we first started talking about talking because someone who listened to the last episode of the podcast got in touch with me to say wouldn't it be interesting to hear the views from from someone who Russian background yeah so but I wondered would you yeah, would you be willing just to just to share what it has been like to see this situation unfolding of course uh, I mean I'm struggling with it I find it really hard well, when it started, I was crying every day. Yeah, felt so sad. Um, I think, yeah, shocked as well. I don't, I don't know. I just, I didn't really expect this. Um, I don't know why, because I guess the, the 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 sort of the seeds of this, the kernels of this, have been probably um, were planted. I don't know, ten years ago, twenty years ago. You know, but I, I mean, the same thing happened with the pandemic. I didn't. I don't think I really realised what was happening until it was just very obvious. Going to the Sangha has been the one place where I felt, I guess, some positivity or maybe constructive way of talking about it. And I thought it was really beautiful. One of our Sangha friends who was facilitating in that first week, 
is described as our Russian and Ukrainian brothers and sisters are at war. And I thought that was a really compassionate way of describing it. Um, and actually, I didn't realize this until halfway through, but I was sitting next to somebody who was Ukrainian in the Sangha. Um, and I thought, well, where else can I just sit with someone? I'm Russian, she's Ukrainian, and we're just sitting there kind of like grieving together. Yeah. But without it having to be yeah, a dialogue. You know, that's one of the beautiful things about the Sangha is that it's not, you know, there's no pressure to sort of respond, try and think of something that uh, is the right answer. Yeah. Um so I really love that. Because yeah, one thing that's hard for me is every day in the news or even on the internet at my job it's the narrative is you know the russians have attacked this hospital the russians have suffered all these casualties this is good news you know the russians yeah the russians want to bring down the world order and it's like oh well that's me i'm the russians that's difficult that's so insightful that yeah this um the narrative of sides has been so prevalent hasn't it in the last the last few weeks I wonder. You mentioned there about the um, about the Machuvacard um, meditation, and I wonder: you know, are there other things that you're doing that are kind of helping to, to bring you back to that place of connection between us all and dissolving of that sense of sides, which is is hard, isn't it? When it's so so much in the in the media all the time. As I mean, some people have shared in Wake Up recently about how they just need to not look at the news, but actually it's quite difficult because you kind of feel that compulsion to do it. And it takes some, takes mindfulness practice to think, no, I, I need some space to, to allow a different way of thinking to be present in me also. Definitely I've done that. I, I have now only reading, now reading the news only once a day because mm -hmm. I just um, I felt exhausted. I felt so drained. But one thing I'm struggling with is whether that makes me detach and, yeah, I almost feel some guilt at experiencing joy in other things. I've been also thinking how I can help in practical ways. And that's been hard as well because I'd love to sponsor someone for a visa, someone from Ukraine to come here because I have British citizenship now. But honestly, the thought of somebody living with me for six months, somebody I've never met before, makes me really nervous. Um, and I am um, somebody that really needs quiet time and space. And um, yeah, it's I'm sort of struggling with that. Um, but then I think, well... <laughs> people are trying to flee for their life is it really right to put my comfort before that i do think the way that the, the situation the policy has been set up is putting a lot of moral kind of burden on individuals um and i think i guess my preferred outcome would that there would be more of a collective solution in the UK that we could put we have so many resources we could pull them and provide like professional help um, and a kind of holistic solution to to refugees that want to come here 
in um, anticipation of our conversation, I've been thinking about my experiences of Russia and of Ukraine. And I remembered that my first ever holiday was to Ukraine, um, to Crimea. Um, and yeah, remembering some of the moments from that. So I was three when we went and my my mum's friend lived in Crimea. She was Ukrainian. Um, and I remember two things, <laughs> just two things vividly. Uh, firstly, the friend's father had a kind of animal farm, but like more like a zoo. Right. And they had llamas, which I thought was just excellent. <laughs> um, and then the other thing is it was really hot, so sort of 40 degrees, it was a beach holiday. And yeah, I remember they on the beach they'd always be selling these pasties that just smelled delicious, like boiled egg and chive pasties. It was a very sort of Slavic food. I was going to say it's a very Russian food, but I, I don't know if it's, but it's, yeah. Um, and yeah, I really wanted them and my mum agreed to buy them, but obviously, you know, from a sort of, uh, uh, food hygiene perspective this is just not good I'm sure it was not compliant so then the rest of the holiday I think I was just sick in, in the hotel after these pasties um, but I still remember them fondly it must be quite te- I can I hear that it must be quite tender for you at this time having such a positive both you know you're and then this relationship to to the Ukraine which is now both countries are course. Cool. Yeah, it feels like both things are very much alive in you, that joy and that and that tenderness and sadness as well. Yeah, it's it's yeah. true. And it's I think for me Russia is, is not what's on the news, or at least I'm having to reconcile myself with that as well. But you know, for me Russia is like going ice skating on the lake in the winter or uh, you know, I used to have wooden skis that for cross-country skiing and my dad would tie my shoes really tightly. So I just really hated this cross-country mm-hmm. skiing. But actually, in hindsight, it was probably quite a good day out, you know, or taking the night train because Russia is so huge. If you want to go places, often you go on the night train, which, again, was just one of my favorite things because you'd have lots of food um, and it's just you'd be chatting to other people in the cabin um so yeah it's all of that for me Have you, are you in touch with family back in Russia at the moment? Yeah, it's sad. One of my grandmothers is actually very politically engaged. Um, she used to be involved in politics. Um, and we write on Facebook Messenger, but now Facebook's closed in Russia. So, yeah, but we're going to use email now um, and then I spoke to one relative who has a son who's 17 years old and in Russia there's mandatory um, military service for young men yeah so she's worried that he might be conscripted or 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 he might be doing his military service and have to you know go fight in Ukraine yeah. uh, I mean I think that's terrifying um, and actually I, fe- I really feel this 
for both sides like you know you were saying yeah there's a set narrative of sides and there's this um the narrative about ukraine is all about how heroic the men are for going to defend their country yeah um and they are very brave um but i don't feel there's any space apart from sangha <laughs> where you could say well it's also tragic that they have to inflict violence or they or they maybe they don't have to but i mean at the very least they have to say goodbye to their female friends and relatives because the men can't leave ukraine and mm -hmm. um, because there's a ban on them leaving ukraine and um i'm sure there's a massive pressure to to say yes i will stand up and fight i'll be a man you know yeah. even from a gender equality perspective i find that sad because i well i don't know i wouldn't want to be thrust into a role like that because of my gender mm. um so yeah it's sad for both sides um yeah and then the other thing is i haven't i haven't been to russia for a couple of years i went just a, a week before the pandemic was the last time i went and now i looked on the foreign office website the travel advice um and it says for the first time ever i've never seen this before the whole thing is red the whole country yeah. so i don't know when i'll be able to go go again yeah, yeah exactly yeah. I wanted to ask if you felt like saying a few words about what you're doing today. You told me you were involving yourself in a piece of artwork. <laughs> yes, I've been doing lots of uh, splashy painting, which has been very therapeutic. Um, so, yeah, and it's it's uh, inspired by Thai. It incorporates a quotation from Thai, um, something I want to put up in my flat um and and after this i'm actually going to go meet with my mother who is visiting the uk at the moment so that will be nice what's the quote sonia um i have arrived i am home beautiful you can you can know that uh, today um charlotte who's also facilitating and we're going to sing that today so you can know that that's going to be sung at wake up today Beautiful. Uh, I hope you have a beautiful practice. Thank you. And um, yeah, and thank, thank, yeah, again, thank you so much. It was, yeah, really appreciate your time. Thank you so much again, Sonia, for your open-heartedness. And we hope you appreciated I Have Arrived from Wake Up That Afternoon. Thanks everyone for singing along. So we have a section now of community announcements. And here is an invitation for any other announcements to please get in touch and send them to us. 
We're going to start with a message from Rebecca about a potential wake-up house starting in London, which you might be interested in. Hello, dear friends. This is Rebecca speaking. I'd like to share with you some exciting news and potentially an exciting opportunity. Myself and two beautiful Sangha members, Irene and Noah, that's Noah with glasses to differentiate, we're preparing to move together in London and to create a mindful wake-up community home. And we're planning to do this soon, in May or June. And we have been visioning together, envisioning a cosy family environment of actively cultivating deep connection in daily life, conscious communication, a vegan vegetarian household that's inclusive, diverse and environmentally conscious, where we can share practices together through meditation, shared dinners and regular connection practices. And we're looking to do this in North London, somewhere within 30 minutes to the centre, Um, but also on the doorstep of woods or forest. And we would love to share this house with four to five people in total, which means that we're looking for one, maybe two more people to join us who resonate with us and with our vision. And I'd love to invite you to get in touch if this is appealing to you. So, dear friends, if you may be interested in moving and feel called to join us, please send us an email so we can share a document with you to look at our compatibility for shared living and we can go from there. You may contact us on my email address, which is rebehastings at gmail.com. So that's Rebe, like the first part of Rebecca, R-E-B-E. Hastings, like the town, H-A-S-T-I-N. G-S at gmail.com. So yes, please write to us if you're feeling called and sending lots of love out to you all. And following that, we have an announcement about the next Stronger on Sundays by Melissa James. You may remember Melissa beautiful song still that was at the end of the pilot episode. Melissa runs an evening of conversation and music talking about racial justice. Melissa is part of the Colours of Compassion Sangha and many wake uppers will know her as a singing teacher. Some of us have been on her evenings. So I'll let Melissa tell you about Stronger on Sundays, which is coming up at the end of the month. Hello, I'm Melissa James. I'm a singer, songwriter and performing artist and I'm really pleased to be a part of the Plum Village community by way of Colours of Compassion and the Heart of London Sangers. I'm also the creator, presenter and performer on Stronger on Sundays, an online series of programmes which got started at the height of the BLM uprisings in summer 2020 after the murder of George Floyd. These programmes were created to bring difficult and uncomfortable conversations with compassion on racial and social injustices, but most importantly, with live music, held via Zoom and live streamed online via Facebook. These are uncomfortable conversations in a heart-centred and music-filled space.
The series had been on pause while I make plans for the upcoming programmes. However, it's coming out of hibernation in order to help bring to surface the discussion around the mistreatment of people of African heritage who are trying to escape the Ukrainian war conflict in spite of the unprecedented wave of support that has been shown to Ukrainian refugees. My guest on this specially planned pop-up is a representative from Africans Rising, a movement and organisation set up to specifically help people of African heritage in war conflicts and they are on the ground helping those Africans in Ukraine who are trying to cross the, the border but find themselves unable to do so. Do join me for this special programme if you can. It is, as said, live streamed via Facebook and you can choose to be within the Stronger on Sundays Zoom room by registering to join us. So that's Stronger on Sundays with me, Melissa James, bringing conversations with compassion on racial and social injustices and live music. And all details for this programme are provided below this recording. Following on from the conversation with Sonia, we wanted to ask wake uppers about their childhood memories, and in particular, inner childhood memories. Some of you may have read the book Reconciliation Healing the Inner Child by Thich Nhat Hanh, in which he talks about meeting our inner child's needs, taking care of our inner child. So, my question to wake uppers was can you share a memory that nourishes your inner child? We're going to hear, hear, hear from Manu from Karen, none from Joe. It brings me a lot of joy to remember the times I spent uh, with my grandmother, Gracinda. Uh, she has a beautiful soul. And we got to interact qu quite a lot and spend time together because we would go every Sunday to her house. All the cousins, you know, um, would eat her delicious food that she would cook and have naps and on her couch and it was quite fresh house so in the summers it was quite nice to be in there we would listen to music we would dance um, we would play um, and we she also had a, a beach house where we would spend the summers there so it's this atmosphere that she created of a lot of ease and relaxation and just being being together, I guess, all of the, the cousins as well. The other week, Basha offered a movement workshop after Wake Up London, and I was able to get out my head and get back into my body um, and move my body to music um, with others there, and there was a lot of playfulness and fun. I was able to get some paint on a canvas and got my fingers involved and it was a bit messy and <laughs> there was a lot of laughter. Um, yeah, I really nourished my inner child. Um, really appreciate, really appreciated that. Hi, um, Joe here. A memory that nourishes my inner child is um, of when I was younger and I have this memory of playing football with my dad and my uncle and my brothers at um, this university campus near my, my home in Gloucestershire and yeah we just we just played all afternoon and, and had jumpers for goalposts and the grass was like newly cut and I remember kind of sun coming just as we were playing and 
there's a lot of laughter and fun and joy in that and yeah just generally around football and grass and and that kind of playfulness really nourishes me and and makes me yeah quite happy as I speak about it Thanks so much for those sharings, you three. Karen talked about Basher's creative night, which was held a week ago after Wake Up on Saturday. And um, we hope to hear from Basher in the coming weeks more about that and how mindfulness and creativity come together. We plan to feature in each episode a reading from the Plum Village community. And this episode, we're hearing from Charlie Shuttler. He, Charlie's a musician and a fan of poetry, as he'll tell you here. He's going to read two poems here from Thich Nhat Hanh. Here is Morning of Peace. Treading the path that leads to the moon, I look back and can't stop marvelling. I see a bubble of water on the immense ocean of space. It is the earth, our green planet, her sumptuous beauty sparkling and proud, yet oh so fragile. In her I discover myself. Walking mindfully on the earth, a grassy path, my feet make the promise to embrace the early morning and touch the peace of the present moment. Autumn leaves fall and cover the path, unrolling a carpet of walking meditation. A shy squirrel hiding behind the oak tree looks at me, surprised, then dashes to the top of the tree and disappears behind a cluster of leaves. I see a clear stream flowing between cracks in the rocks, its water laughing while the trees whistle. Together we celebrate a morning of peace. At the same time, I see, deep, I see places of deep suffering where men imprison men and make each other suffer. The waves of discrimination, hatred and greed, inevitable causes of catastrophe, crash upon the earth. Chicks of the same hen wear different colours in order to fight with each other. Heart-rending cries declare the horrors of war. Brothers and sisters, the beautiful earth is us. I embrace her and hold her tenderly against my chest. Breathing together in the same rhythm, we restore our calm, our peace. Let us accept ourselves so we may accept one another. Let us share the vision and make it possible for great love to arise. Son of the Future Sitting in a wet trench a whole afternoon I hold my gun down and wait for Victor Victor Charlie, the yellow-skinned Viet Cong How sorrowful is the cry of the monkey in this Asian mountain How sorrowful is this country called Vietnam How do these forests and mountains differ from the forests and mountains of Africa? My gun, barking and spitting fire, has the eyes of Victor Charlie. 
His eyes, whether black skin or yellow skin, what do the eyes say? His eyes, the sorrow of Asia. I've heard somewhere a poet expressing the sorrow of Africa. It doesn't matter whether he is black or white. Why do I have to hate you, Victor Charlie? Our money has been flowing into Vietnam while my poor black brothers bear the burden of racism and discrimination. Detroit, Selma, Chicago, Birmingham, Watts are already engaged in the struggle. My brothers and sisters have started to leave the land of suffering. We have taken a stand, $30 billion for the war in 1967. $3 million for each hour of the war. My wife and children in Chicago still caught in the net of poverty. $2 billion for each month of the war. More than the yearly budget to help the poor in our country, the great America. To support half a million immigrant families, education, children's programs, housing and healthcare. To meet the yearly budget for all of that, we only need to stop the war for eight hours. Why are we in Vietnam, the forests and mountains of Asia? Victor Charlie, when did we sow the first seed of hatred and anger? This is not what we meant to do. They hid the truth from us. They did not tell us the limits. The sun of the future is hidden behind the forests and mountains. At the foot of the Asian continent, the earth is trembling. And she is trembling under the African continent as well. Written in 1967. I, I love poetry and have found with, with Thich Nhat Hanh's poetry that it, uh, it enters me in a, in a, from a, it's a different angle, say, to a reading, a, listening to a Dharma talk or a traditional teaching as such. And yeah, opens, opens something else in me through the imagery. And I love in this, this poem, it has both the imagery, the beautiful imagery of the details, humour and love in nature. And also that um, kind of a, a fierce heart to, to call out the, the horrors of, of war as they are. And at the same time, a, an equanimity to not be carried away by that, knowing that peace is, is not just an idea, is, is tangible, is possible, and we can make it happen together. We will hear more from Charlie in future episodes. Thank you so much. And we're going to end this episode with a song, another song from the Peace Sounds 2 album called We Are All Kin from Monica Max West. Thank you so much. And you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and also at wakeuplondon.org forward slash podcast. 
I give thanks for the turning seasons I give thanks for the starry sky I give thanks for the soaring eagle I give thanks for this lullaby I give thanks for the muddy towpath I give thanks for a smiling face I give thanks for the grove of birches I give thanks for this time and place I give thanks for working and resting I give thanks for these falling tears I give thanks for knowing and unknowing I give thanks for these holy years I give thanks for everything changing I give thanks for the tortoise and hare I give thanks for fire and water I give thanks for the earth and air With each step, I kiss my mother Let's flow together like a river My sister, my brother With each step, I kiss her skin Let's flow together like a river I give thanks for breathing and walking I give thanks for being cut down to size I give thanks for each dawn that awakens I give thanks for my ears and my eyes I give thanks for the power of forgiveness I give thanks for a second chance I give thanks for this vast horizon I give thanks for the courage to dance With each step I kiss my mother Let's flow together Like a river, sister, a brother We are all just a single cell, but together we are one. And this is the miracle, this is the miracle. In the Dharma body, together we are one. With each My mother Let's flow together Like a river A sister A brother
like a river, we are all kin.